You're listening to the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network. Friends Talking Nerdy. It's Hump Day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hump Day with Tim and the Professor. This is Tim Jasma. And with me, as always, is the greatest legal mind of the Pacific Northwest, uh, Professor Aubrey. According to some people, not everybody would agree. But the people that don't agree are wrong. I see. Okay. They are. Gotcha. They are. And last but not least, we are joined by a special guest. This special guest is the host and creator of the Their Voices podcast, which is avail- which is a part of the Friends Talking Nerdy podcast network. And she was also someone that I convinced was adopted at a very young age. It's Colleen Jasmine. How are you doing? Hey there. Glad to be here. Uh that's it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Hump Day. Thanks. Um, how's your podcast going? Good. Uh, we were on a bit of a long break, but got back into the swing of things. And now my co-host, his grandpa died. So he's probably going to be, <laughs> there's going to be another delay. I'm probably going to have to record something on my own because he was supposed to record something next, but um he's going yeah. it's interesting we had just recorded about port richmond uh a neighborhood of philadelphia and we're like oh yeah in the summertime he's gonna go to philly no he's going to philly this week <laughs> it's just for sad reasons but it was a long time coming so because his grandpa was on hospice so i knew i knew what that was like <laughs> yeah and it probably um it sounds like he maybe was older Oh, totally. My um, yeah, yeah. My my co-host is, and at the he's 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 still in high school, but he's older. <laughs> gotcha, older teen. Yeah. Okay. Well, for the folks at home that have not listened to your show yet, give them a quick little advertisement. Pimp out your show. Well, uh, so far we've mainly done stuff that has to do with our own ancestors. Um, like my favorite episode to record was the one about, um, Tim and my, uh, uh, was it third time, three times great grandfather who attempted to kill our three times great grandmother, (laughs) but spoiler alert, spoiler alert, he missed. (laughs) Um, but I was able to go through, I, well, no, it was, it was after all the kids were born. So it kind of wouldn't have mattered. That sounds awful to say, but (laughs) Like, um, but uh, the so I was had already been done. The Jasmines had been let loose. Actually, that was my mom's side. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I went through like archival records from the court and then newspapers. So I, it was like a deep dive into his story, and it was really kind of cool to like see. And it's just you don't see 
that sort of history from your ancestors very often, especially for us Euro European type people. Like we may hear, oh, so and so was in the Revolutionary War, but like you don't hear the stories, <laughs> the like, the actual day to day stories. So it's we want to be able to share those sort of stories, um, also share historical um, stuff about uh, different the different areas where our ancestors and other people have lived. Um, like we had one uh, guy from the UK come on and he gave, he, he had a pretty good um, story about his, one of his ancestors. So yeah, if anyone has a story they want to share about their ancestor, you know, we're willing to take recordings and give you all sorts of shout outs and send people your way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to be able to take advantage of that, uh, head to friends talking nerdy.com to where you can find uh, all the info you need on where to subscribe to their voices, as well as contacting them on social media. Yeah. Look at that, all professional and everything. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, before we dive into the topic that we are here for today, um, we wanted to talk about our playlist for this particular episode. Every podcast needs a gimmick. This is our gimmick. And if you're going to have a gimmick, let it be music, right? Exactly. The best gimmicks in the world are musical ones. Yep. So our playlist is around a theme of revolution. And if you're going to have a theme of revolution and you listen to the type of music I do, you got to have revolution from the Beatles out there. Absolutely. You want a revolution. Exactly. This is what I heard every fucking Saturday with the Golden Girls dancing from anyway. So, um, right. Our theme this week for our playlist is um, revolution. And we're going to be talking about Ukraine on this episode. And so it might not make sense to our listeners why we're um, focusing on revolution, even though we're dealing with Ukraine, which is a sovereign country that has been invaded by another sovereign country. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, it's because if you look behind that sort of pre-1991, when Ukraine became an independent, um, declared their independence from the Soviet uh, republics, Um, they've been a sovereign country, but they've been heavily under the influence of uh, Russia and Russia's post-colonial international methods. Mm -hmm. And so in some senses, it is a bit of a revolution in Ukraine because um, people are standing up for their country that they essentially had a revolution 30 years ago to create, right? And that foreign influence sneaks in and, um, you know, doesn't sneak in, comes in tanks and with missiles and planes, not very sneaky to, um, to invalidate their territorial integrity. So when we think about it in the States, I think, uh, we think about revolution, it is standing up for your rights. And so I guess that's what we were thinking about when we decided on revolution for our topic this week. And this is why you have a professor for co-host. She <laughs> comes prepared. <laughs> so my first song of the playlist is Talking About a Revolution, which is a Tracy Chapman song you might recall from the late 80s. Um, Talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper. Sometimes it does. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one here, um, apparently from uh, the lead singer of this band, D. Snyder, did come out and uh, acknowledge it, I guess, in the Ukraine. They are using the Twisted Sister song, We're Not Going to Take It, as kind of an anthem. So I have nice. to put it on the list here. Nice. Yeah, no, we're not going to take it anymore. Good. Cool. <laughs> I muted um, myself because I didn't think Tim wants to hear me sing anymore. So <laughs> he really doesn't like that, does he? No. No. Scars. <laughs> the next track is, you know, if you're going to have a, a a playlist about war, you got to have the Black Sabbath song War Pigs, a classic conflict song. Yeah, the next track here, I'm sure when you saw I put it on there, you're like, why the hell is this on here? It's a track from uh, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. It's Plastic People. This song was actually kind of an anthem for the Czech people in the late 80s when they had their own revolution to throw off the chains of communism. And Frank Zappa at the time was actually uh, kind of, a, in a way, helped the United States kind of like open the door to the Czech Republic to help, you know, support the new government there. So plastic people, what's your next one? My next one is Freedom by Richie Haven. So if you've ever seen the Woodstock, if you were at Woodstock or you've ever seen the Woodstock film, um, you will have seen Richie Haven singing Freedom, a very rousing song about freedom. Yeah, saw that uh, movie in theaters, mentioned that on the show plenty of times and opens it up, great song. I had to include this public enemy, fight the power. Fight the power. I mean, man. for our generation growing up, I mean, that was like our anthem, you know, and I mean, the 60s had their own. This was ours. And I think ours kicked more ass. I think so, too. It was more direct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my next one is the International, um, this time by Billy Bragg. Of course, this is the International Communist theme song and um so why did i choose this because i want everybody to understand that i'm not anti-communism i'm just anti-authoritarianism all right my last one here is from the rolling stones it's uh from their first album that really kind of solidified their sound baker's banquet street fighting man street fighting man sorry i was singing um, Not as bad. No. and then to, <laughs> I can't believe he said that. So to round out the playlist, we've got the Ukrainian national anthem. So I wanted to include this, um, because our thoughts and our hearts are with Ukraine. And speaking of that, Colleen, my sister lived in the Ukraine for what, a year or two? Uh, a year and it's Ukraine, not the Ukraine. No, it's, it, it's, it makes a serious difference because it's that the, the, the makes it puts them lower than Russia. It's, it's something about Russia having some power over them. So it's right. Ukraine. Like Ukraine is part of Russia, right? It's just the Ukrainian part. Yeah. So well, yeah. how did it how did it start? It was a job teaching English overseas, right? Oh, well, I was actually doing mission work. Oh, <laughs> I was I was religious at the time, um, um, and I. <laughs> but I I was there. Um, I always liked when I was religious. I always wanted to give actually something tangible to the people that I was quote unquote ministering to. 
Um, so that's why I was teaching English. Um, so I went to Western Ukraine uh, in the city of Lviv. Um, so far, Lviv city itself has been spared any bombings um, in this this war. Um, I mean, there was like an airport military base just outside of the city that was hit, but the, I think it was like it was just like a targeted hit, but not as far as I know, no civilians were hurt. Um, uh, so yeah, I went there, it was 2000, I was there in 2004 in the summertime. And then I went back the next year for almost an entire year. I would have been a complete year, but my mom got, you know, mom got sick again. Uh, and I flew back to America to be with her. Um, it was an interesting experience. Like Ukraine, I don't know what it's like now specifically, but when I was there, it felt like this weird time warp. Like we had cell phones and this was the time where, I mean, you could text, but it was, you know, the alphanumeric, you know, typing A, B, C, D, you know, and you had to type through all the numbers. But anyways, I'm on a train going to visit a town and I look out the window as I'm going by, there's this girl herding cattle and she's texting while she's herding cattle. <laughs> it just like, it just, to me, it felt so like otherworldly, but then again, I'm from the city. So like, I didn't see stuff like that at all. And like, we have family members that would be like, Colleen, what the fuck? I know, but like, I, I'm from the city. I'm a city girl. Like no, to I, be I, fair, <laughs> to be fair, um, we, this person was on a horse herding cattle. Well, she was walking and had like a stick kind of tapping the. Okay. The, so she was shepherding these. Shepherding them. Yeah. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, I think what might be interesting is in the States, that's largely mechanized at this point. So mm-hmm. you might see somebody on a four by four, um, but mostly, you know, depending on the type of cattle um it's going to be managed much more differently than having like an actual person walking alongside the cattle yeah and from place to place so even though you are from the city you wouldn't have seen things like that in rural areas you would have seen people on tractors people on four by fours not people walking around with sticks you immediately had come to her defense (laughs) (laughs) well the city that I lived in uh, was Lviv, like I said, and it's had many countries that have, like, it's been in <laughs> Austria-Hungarian Empire, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But I know it was part of Poland for a very long time. And so when the Russian Revolution happened, they, the Ukrainians, they were like, okay, we, we don't want to be under Poland anymore. So that's when they went to the, let me take it back. Oh, I'm messing it up. I wish you edited your podcast. You could just make me sound less stupid. Okay. But I love listening to them. No, <laughs> no I mean, you edit, but not, you know what I mean? Um, let me go back. So like I said, okay. Lviv itself is a pretty unique city because it's so different groups have been in charge of it. So the architecture is so very different than you would find in most cities in Europe. Um, 
but I think we should probably talk about the history a little bit of the of of Ukraine itself. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, the rush, the Russian dude, who you know, Putin, Putin mm-hmm. on the Ritz. Um, he uh, he's pushed he's pushed the narrative that Ukrainians are only Russians, which they are not at all. And though, then again, I've heard some podcasters who are in, or correspondents who are podcasters who are in Ukraine that are saying that the Russians are saying that Ukrainians are inferior to Russians. And so it's, it's almost like a, it's um, the guy who is a black man from America said, it is like how black people are treated in America is how Ukrainians are treated by Russians. So, and this is from a black man's American black man's voice. <laughs> um, so the, the history goes back very far and it's the, um, yeah. you know, I wish I was as prepared as your, as your, um, your, uh, your co-host there. They are the, not the Tartars, they're the, Please edit this. Can you please? I sound so dumb. Was it the Prussians? No. No, okay. no, 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 no. Uh, the dudes with the shaved head and the little ponytail. Um, Genghis Khan? No. Angels? Ca- Not the Tartars. It's the... Oh, I feel like it was in the it was in my ta- in my ma- in my head before I started talking about it, and then it freaking left. I'm ruining your episode. I'm sorry. Are you sure you want to do this? Cossacks. There we go. The Cossacks. Ah, the Cossacks. There is a specific group of Cossacks, and they are unique from the ones that were in Russia. So the history of Ukraine itself, the cities in Ukraine, one of the oldest cities in Ukraine is Kiev. And Kiev is being bombarded by by the Russians right now. But the Kievian Rus were a mixture of um, Scandinavian people who came down. And they kind of took control of the the Slavic people in the area. And... So a lot of the Russians are like, yeah, that's where we started. We started in Kiev, but, you know, they're still very unique. Moscow and Kiev are so far away from each other in comparison. And it just frustrates me that he's, he and all of his cohorts are, are trying to say that they're, they're the same people, but they're Cossacks from Ukraine and not whatever the Slavic group is up by Moscow. I can't remember which one it is. I did take a class about this in, in, in university. Probably went upstairs medical college. So um, it sounds like a very diverse place. Like there are some people who live there who identify as ethnically Russian. Yes. And there, there are. are people that identify as Ukrainian and probably lots of other um, nationalities or ethnicities. Did you find um, what did you find culturally was most different from the United States? Um, I think 
let me see. It's been almost 20 years, so I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's anything specifically that different. I think that they work very hard in, in a way that Americans don't. Well, I think, you know, from what I remember at the time when you would send photos to the kids and everything about about the time there, I think, you know, the big thing was the differences in like architecture, for instance, you know, you mentioned that the place was kind of like arrested in time somewhat. Um, Were, you know, were the cars, did they seem like older, did the businesses seem older or something like that? Uh, I mean, there was a McDonald's in Lviv, so it's not like... It was like, Not a bad I, would, I don't know. What? When I was teaching in South Korea, I um, there was definitely a different approach to education on behalf of the South Koreans as compared to Americans. I wonder if there were differences there. I don't think it's as the same thing because I taught in Korea as well. And oh, cool. Yeah. Um, they don't have like that big push for like going to school after your normal school hours at the institutes and stuff like the Koreans do the, the, the push for the test, at least at the time was not the same as, as, as it was in Korea or even like it is here in the United States. Um, they do go to school more days a week than hmm. we do in the United States. It's, they can go, six to seven days a week depending on like maybe if something like happened in the school or you know weather or something like that um but I remember specifically remember that because of my religious background because <laughs> I heard about kids who were like they had to go to school on Saturday even though they were um were Adventist and weren't supposed to work <laughs> um I think some of the things that I really liked about the people there they were really kind and they really liked to eat and have parties and just have a fun time. They're, they're very open, open arms sort of people. And I don't think you see that as often in the United States. I think we're like, if you're not a part of that group, you're not really like accepted very easily. Mm, yeah, we have a very in crowd out crowd kind of thing that happens in mm-hmm. American society, I think. Now, the current Ukrainian president, if I'm not mistaken, was kind of like a John Stewart figure, a comedian. Do you remember him on TV in the Ukraine or did you watch any TV? There? Not the Ukraine, it's just U- Ukraine. Okay. <laughs> I st- I'm sorry. I'm just reminded when I was in Ukraine and people were like, how's Russia? And I'm like, I don't know. Never been there. <laughs> um, anyways, I know I've never heard of, I never heard of him until the thing with 45. Gotcha. Um, were there any foods that you particularly enjoyed that you hadn't had before? Well, I think Vareniki was probably the, the best thing. It's like um, pierogies, but the Ukrainian version, they're a little bit mm. smaller than the Polish version. So it's more of a one bite <laughs> sort of a thing. Cause I think pierogies are usually like a two bite sort of thing, unless you have a big mouth. I don't know. <laughs> um, like a dumpling. 
it's smaller. Oh yeah, it's like a dumpling, like a Korean dumpling or a you know one of the Asian countries that have dumplings. Um, and then I did like borscht. I really did. Um, it's very much a staple meal there. And the uh, there's actually different types of borscht. I don't know if people know that. There's a white borscht and then there's the red borscht. And Ooh. borscht can actually have meat in it, even though some of the stuff that I had didn't have meat in it. So little tidbit information there. Um, was it strange to be vegetarian in Ukraine or was uh, I wasn't, it a normal thing? I wasn't a vegetarian. I just didn't eat pork. That's all. Pork or seafood. Mm, mm. But isn't it like a Seventh-day Adventist thing to be vegetarian? In the United States, yes. Oh, but if you're out of the United States, you could eat meat? <laughs> it's it's a very unique religion in so terms funny. of a few things. Yeah, there's... I, I mean... What? I, I remember one of the seven day Adventist churches we went to as a kid in like the Kalamazoo area uh, that dad brought us to one time, you know, they had like a pot, like a, it was like a small place with like maybe 20 people um, for the whole service. And then afterwards they had a potluck and then they had like actual meat and a chili. Cause I remember you and I ate a lot of it because it was meat. <laughs> hmm. You were excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a different sort of like, it's not like it's technically you're not, you're allowed to eat meat, but it's like kind it's of frowned like, upon. It's not like Jehovah's witnesses uh, and they're viewing birthdays or something like that. Yeah. Or blood transfusions. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, um, so because I've been to South Korea and you've been to South Korea, I wonder. Um, <laughs> so some things I noticed about South Korea that I thought were really much more advanced than the United States included their transportation system. So what was that like in Ukraine? Uh like the actual vehicles, it was an awful experience, but it was so much faster because they called them um, marshutkas. I, I'm saying it wrong. I'm not putting the right emphasis in the right spot, but uh, it's basically vans. And it's changed since I was there because um, Lviv, it's, I know Lviv got, um, was part of one of the soccer tournaments in, in Europe. So they have a big soccer stadium there. So they had to like upgrade everything in town. And so the little marshutkas when I was there uh, were really like a van, like the tall vans. Um, like a so I, I think so. Cause I could stand up in it and I'm six like feet. Like a bread van. Yeah. And so, but then they'd cram people in there and I actually had my phone stolen because, <laughs> because of that. I got pickpocketed when I was there. Um, but the reason why I'm sharing about Marshutkas is because you get to where you're going pretty quick. And when I uh, came back from Ukraine, I, I was at my mom's house and I had to take, I wanted to go up and see Tim and the kids. And I, it took me like two hours to get to their house by public transportation. Mm -hmm. And in Ukraine, it would have been maybe half an hour. 45 minutes tops. And, and that was, and that was like, um, 
and that was like like the same distance because mm-hmm. <laughs> and to me I was like man I actually I hated marshutkas but now I, I wish there were some marshutkas here because it was just awful and taking that long to get places one thing I noticed about South Korea too is that they have really cheap taxis so, so it sounds like these marshutkas are kind of like almost like a taxi but with a lot yeah, and they, they had routes, though. They did follow routes oh, okay. in, in the city, but, you know, it's they, they're, like, independent contractors, basically. Mm. So I think now they they had to upgrade the marshutkas, so they're, like, a little bit bigger, so they have a little bit more space to cram more people in. <laughs> but, yeah, transportation was definitely, public transportation was, like, it was bad, but also good at the same time. What was your living arrangement like? Um, my first summer there, I stayed in an apartment with a friend who's now a friend. Um, and then when I went back the, the next year, um, we stayed in an apartment for a short time. But then I stayed with a family, a couple of families the time that I was there. Um, one family, I had my own room. And with another family, I shared with um, a gal who's about my age. Hmm. What was that like? Did you miss well, having was, your own room? <laughs> I didn't mind it. Cause I, I mean, I knew I was leaving soon and the wasn't a great situation where I was before. Mm. Um, but actually it was three apartments, uh, three, three families I stayed with. Um, and I didn't mind it. I liked it. Cause like the last place I lived, it was one of my students, um, the gal closer to my age. So we were talking in English and her mom, she and her mom were both doctors. So her mom knew some English and then obviously my student could communicate with me clearly. And so um, that was interesting. Um, I'm sure I was a pain, but I'm a pain everywhere I am. So it's hard to really know if I was being an ugly American or if I was just being Colleen. Mm. (laughs) So it's hard. It's hard to know. Mm. I'm self-aware now. So (laughs) Well, you know, it comes with age that I was aware. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I haven't listened to the episodes yet. Um, I don't know why you keep telling that story, but anyways. Um, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> What she's referring to for people at home uh, is I brought up the cat story in the TNT review about how I saved her life from getting like brutally cut from the living room window, but she kicked me in the chest for my pleasures and I got uh, grounded for a month because of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've heard that story. Yeah. It was wrong. Listen, yeah. it was science. You put me through the window. Yeah. But anyways, um, let's see. Anything else about what my experience is there before we go on to like current events? Well, what is, uh, what would you say was your lasting impression of the place? I mean, when you think back, what is your, what is the version of Ukraine uh, that that pops in your head? Um, And also too, have you checked in with uh, the people that you met there? Are they okay? I think of Ukraine of be, when I think of Ukraine, I think of one of my students specifically when the Orange Revolution happened in 2004, um, which the Russian backing person had a lot of people on his side and they like 
burned uh, voting boxes and all sorts of things and ended up um, winning, quote unquote, winning the election. And there was protests all over the country. One of my students, she actually went to Ukraine, to, to Kiev, and she was like there protesting in Kiev. And she was she told me a story about how a vehicle some people who were looked official were like, watch this vehicle. And so like all these people in the crowd were like there and protecting the car for some reason. And it just, to me, like the Ukrainian people, when I think of Ukraine, it's like they will do whatever they need to do to take care of their own. And there's bad history with that, but there's also good history with that as well. And they will fight for their for their people. Um, and yes, I have uh, been in contact with some people in Ukraine. And like I said, they're all in Lviv. So right now they're all safe. Um, I know a lot of, um, I know some men who are of age of to fight, but I think they have the option of helping in other ways. Um, my, uh, college room one of my college roommates her brother-in-law is a western journalist in ukraine right now actually he's in romania right now he was there in ukraine just before the war started and he was um in uh i think it was Chernobyl, and he uh he he's been reporting like i said and he just posted this really interesting video or interview of he was walking with this man who'd been living in London for many, many years. And he's a younger, like under 40 guy. And he's like, he left London so he could go to Ukraine to help fight. And he's like, yes, I'm worried that I might not see my daughter again, but I have to fight for my people. And so I just had to share that because it's sort of a connection because I know someone who's in the area. So, but I'm, I'm seeing little bits and pieces here and there and following different um, journalists who are on the ground in the area. Yeah. Now speaking of the current events, I uh, was reading an article from the Atlantic today talking about how kind of successful the Ukraine has been at repelling uh, the, the <laughs> Russians. The Russians have some advantages in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, they don't, too. And it's, it's showing with the amount of losses that they're taking. Now, obviously, Ukrainians, Ukraine is taking a lot of losses as well. But it's, I mean, so far, I don't believe they've lost any cities yet. Um, you know, the president's still the president uh, uh, there and whatnot. Um, what have you read? Yeah, uh, as far as I know, one of the worst hit cities is Maripol. I think I misspoke earlier because my friend was in Maripol, not Chernobyl. Because um, I think Chernobyl, I can't remember where Chernobyl is. But anyways, Maripol is the city that's being bombarded right now. And it's weird to me because it's in the region, like the eastern side is supposedly supposedly Russian now, but they're destroying the cities. <laughs> like they're what are they what are they why are they doing this it just feels weird to me they're like flattening the the, the country is it like because they're like oh we are our um uh who are the people who all the rich people who own the countries the oligarchs. oligarchs thank you um they um are the oligarchs they're like oh let's 
let's flatten the city so we can start from scratch so we can get more money. Maybe that's what they're thinking. It's just, it, it blows my mind it that they're doing this. It reminds me so much of Russian aggression in Ukraine and other time periods in history. And, um, you know, they burn the crops in the, in the fields in, um, yeah, the twenties or thirties with the, um, Holodomor, the, one of the worst famine, man-made famines on the planet. And some say it's the number of deaths were up there with the Holocaust. Yeah. And when you look at political famines, it's not like we don't have, um, other examples like the Irish famine, for example, where That's you're another. producing plenty of food for yourself. Um, you're just having to export it to some foreign or colonial power. Yep. Yeah. Cause the UK or the English, they caused that 100%. Mm-hmm. Cause they could have saved those people's lives, but they didn't want to. Where will I get my French fries? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I've had a total dislike of Russia since being in Ukraine went because I heard about the Holodomor. (laughs) Like, it just feels like they never, it's sort of like in the United States when we've never dealt with our sins of the past. Russia has never dealt with their sins. The United States has never dealt with their sins. And it's like, I, it's similar to me in a lot of ways. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true for most um, previously colonial powers. What they what they have done, their entire histories are, you know, genocidal. Yeah. It's a bummer. On that note, (laughs) (laughs) I think we will wrap it up here. Um, Any any final words uh, for for the folks out there? Are you aware of any um, organizations that uh, people can uh, help that may uh, help uh, the the folks in Ukraine? Honestly, I think I would uh, send people to um, follow Terrell Star. on TikTok. Let me see if I can find him. He um, is a black is the black journalist I was talking about. And um, he has has been helping a lot of people on the ground in Ukraine to get out like uh, one of his uh, Russian teachers he he who she was has um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, the hospitals in Ukraine said, I'm sorry, but you have to leave uh, because we're expecting a lot of casualties. And so she's like, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to die if I don't have this treatment. So Terrell um, got the word out and people were like, okay, let's get you to Lithuania. And Terrell and some other people got her to Lviv. And then from that there, there was a bus to Lithuania. So she started her treatment already. So there's ways I, I want to say let's let's just focus on Terrell Starr and what he's doing because um, I feel like I want people to help someone who's like not a big organization, you know. <laughs> like he's he's been on so many um, network TV interviews because of this. Um, so and he's been in the industry for a very long time. Um, he has a podcast called Black Diplomats, but uh, I'll give you the 
the the Twitter. It's Terrell J Star. Um, two two R's and Star. But anyways, it should be in the show notes. Yeah, we'll have that in yeah in the uh, show description. So if you are listening to this at home right now, head to the show description. You'll be able to tap on that, and it will bring you directly uh, to those areas. So I think we will wrap everything up here. Do you have anything else you want to say, Professor? No, I was just looking up Terrell J. Star, and um, he does have an Instagram, and I'm sure a Facebook, it's and all of those other, um, all of those other social media um, <laughs> venues, as we say. And I will say before you guys close, Slava Ukraina. <laughs> Slava Ukraina. I said it almost as good as Nancy Pelosi did. <laughs> glory to ukraine anyway all right with that we will um say farewell so long no <laughs> i was thinking the same thing <laughs> yeah thanks ma um we're on the down end of the hump here folks the week's almost over the weekend is almost here we thank you all for listening and we hope you check us out again next week